Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Live from Sherm Talent, a show dedicated to the story that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. We're pulling back the curtain and asking the hard questions. It's what we do. It's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today we have Dan on from WorkZynga, and we're learning about the use case or the business case for why his prospects and customers choose WorkZynga. Dan, why don't we do some introductions? Uh, please introduce yourself and WorkZynga. Great. And I appreciate the time to speak with you today. So um, my name is Dan Hunter, founder of WorkZynga. We're based in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, we founded the company about a year ago based on um, some conversations that we had identifying a real gap in the recruiting space that we think um, is kind of optimal right now for us to take advantage of um, the changes we're seeing with COVID, great resignation, um, all of the changes that we're seeing. We don't necessarily think that there's a technology solution ready to take advantage of it. We thought there was an opportunity, so here we are. I love that. What is uh, what is that opportunity? Yeah. So basically, uh, if you look at what we've done historically for recruiting, not much has changed um, over the last well, decades, really. Um, we've moved from placing ads in newspapers to placing ads online in job boards, but the content is the same and the process is the same. Companies have certain keywords that they're looking for. They'll put them into their job posts. Candidates have certain keywords they're looking for. They put them in their resumes. Um, but in our opinion, both of those are choices. Those are things that you're choosing to put out there. Are they accurate? Do they really reflect you as a candidate or do they really reflect the opportunity the company has? Maybe, maybe not. How do you get at what's real? And then how do you match on it? How do you really find the true alignment between a company's position that's available and a job seeker? And our solution is, is, is set for both. You can get an objective read and you can get a, uh, a very technologically savvy match. So I'm going to, I'm going to assume this is more than just keyword matching. Absolutely. And it's also um, less about resume, Mm -hmm. less about education, less about skills and less about work experience. It's all about culture. It's all about what are you looking for in a company? Where do you want to work? Um, what type of leadership really brings out the best in you? What type of culture makes you the happiest? Where will you be optimally productive? When you go home at night and you talk to your family, are you going to be excited about the company you're at? When you talk to your friends, are you going to recommend this company to your friends? Well, all of that is centered around your experience. And are you enjoying it? Yes. You need a paycheck. Yes. You need a job that you can be successful at because you have the skills for it. But at the end of the day, we all want to be happy. And it should be about more than simply getting a paycheck because you're there eight hours a day at least. And on the flip side, if you're a company, you need people who are aligned with your culture. Otherwise, you're going to have the same attrition problems you've had. You're going to have the same level of employee satisfaction or dissatisfaction, however you look at it. And the engagement level is not going to be any different. But when you recruit people who align with you, they are far more productive. They're far more creative. They report a higher sense of mental well-being, and they stay longer. So... That's what our solution does. It allows both sides to 
understand and see themselves much more clearly and objectively. Second, you then match on those things. We wanted a digital solution to a cultural challenge. Oh, that's nice on several levels. So I, I hate software categories. Yeah. I'll just tell you, <laughs> I, I despise them. Yep. However, as you look at every HR budget uh, and every recruiting budget, it's in Excel. And it turns out there's a little line item. Yep. So if uh, if the audience as they're listening to this, where do they where do they put you? How do they how do they put you into a box? You know, that's that's a great question. I hate boxes and Me I too. hate labels. Me too. Um, and I don't know that there's a perfect box for us because nobody's done this. Right. Um, we are part recruiting solution, right? Part culture solution. Yep. Um, we can help with sourcing candidates. We help determine whether it's the right fit or not. Um, so there's a lot of different ways you can look at this and there's a lot of different values you can bring back here. It's a lower attrition cost. It's a higher level of engagement. Um, it's, it's just much broader than simply one box. Which is great until when you're trying to sell it and market it. Right. So uh, it's one of those deals when you're talking, especially to the HR and recruiting buyer, it's they're 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 hearing you go, right. man, this is fantastic check. Exactly. Love it. Oh right. my God. Now how do I sell it internally? Right. So there's a couple of ways to look at it. One, lots of companies use pre-employment assessments. Mm-hmm. You know, they will they will use a variety of some are psychological, some right. are cultural. Um, in my opinion, none really do the trick. Fully. Right. Um, I'm not going to knock them and I'm certainly not going to name them, um, but they do bring forth an aspect of, of information that is useful, but it's not complete. Right. That's the challenge. And nor is it two-sided. It only looks at the candidate. So if you're a company that's using pre-employment assessments, this fits that. Right. If you're using a job board and you're putting jobs out there on any number of job boards, we also have a job board, so right. it fits in that category. So there's a couple of different places we can talk about it. Right. You can talk about it with job placement. You can talk about it with pre-employment assessments. And it's all front of funnel. So yes. for, for the for the person that they're trying to fill the front of funnel, exactly, you can do that. And here's the good thing. It's not only front of funnel. We can hit farther down the line. If you have an existing pipeline of candidates, we have a solution for that as well. Oh, nice. So if you get them on your own website you get internal referrals from your own workforce. Um, You go to college campuses and do job fairs, wherever it may be. We have a mid funnel solution as well so that you, you, you can still go through the same type of assessment process and get that match information at the front or midway through. Well, what I love about that is you can leverage the ATS. Exactly. So so the data that's just sitting there that no one does anything with and, and they don't go back and search it for whatever reason you can go back and do Absolutely. something with that data. Absolutely. If you've got candidates who you've maybe passed over, they were second and third choices. Yeah. Obviously, that, that's 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 a gold mine, oh. right? So this is another way to take advantage of those. If if people said cultural assessment and matching, would that be too offensive? You know, I don't find it offensive personally. I don't think that it is. Well, you're the um, only one that matters. But then again, exactly. I'm the <laughs> one that, that, that came up with this. I don't think it is because you have to get down to brass tacks. Yeah. You have to present it in such a way that people can walk away with a salient, you right. know, kind of 10-word solution here. But we all know we need to ma- we, we need cultural fits. Um, I would say there's not a great solution out there for 
really logically matching on it. It's someone listening to an interview, listening to answers, and then making a decision. Does this person fit? Does this not? I would also argue candidates need the same thing, quite honestly. They need the same solution, too. They need to know if they're a cultural fit. Well, are they going to be sophisticated enough to dive into those interviews with hiring managers or recruiters and glean the information they really need? I would say no. no. This solution does that. No, because they're uh, at that point. They're even in today's climate. They're still looking for a job. Yeah. Or they're still in the job. Process. They want a job. Right. They a they don't necessarily know the right questions. Agreed. B even if they did, they're timid about right. asking them right. for fear that it's going to rule them out. So when, when and on both sides, uh, the folks that are making a job description will say, as they, as they go through that process, what does that process look like? So let's say on the corporate side. Right. Uh, what does that process look like? So it's, it's pretty straightforward. When you enroll with our product, you'll go through an onboarding process where the company takes the same type of assessment that the candidate takes. And you'll take it up front. And that's um, every employee? Um, no, the you take it based on different aspects of it. If it's a if it's purely the environment, the atmosphere, the right. corporate values, that's more of an enterprise assessment right. that you'll take. And then your leaders take the assessment because you need to know: Are you matching candidates to the ultimate supervisor? Right. And then lastly, there's a series of job based assessments. What's the personality type for this particular job? Not the skills, right. but rather the personality type. So you take it at various levels, and then the recruiter chooses for this particular posting which assessments are best to match against. Right. And the interesting thing is that all of those assessments are all the exact same things that the candidates take. Right. This is a one-to-one scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the uh, company has the ability to be as granular as they want to be. If you want to have 25 different types of assessments to match against because you want that type of specificity, right. you can do it. And they can place it anywhere in their funnel. Yeah. So if they want to put it as a first thing you do exactly. before you even apply to the job. Exactly. Take the you answer. know, if you want it to truly be a filter at right. a macro level, right. it could be. If you want it to be more of a final type scenario, then it could be. I recommend somewhere between the front and the middle because I think it helps inform the interview process. Right. If you know these things up front, whether it's pre-phone screen or maybe after the phone screen, but before the first interview, then it helps drive some of that interview conversation. And I think more than anything, that's the message I want to get out there is that this is about informing you. It's not about telling you, hire this person, don't hire that person. It's about know yourself, know the candidate, and then talk about it. Talk about the differences. Talk about the similarities. I love that. Do you see your customers using it as a screen in or screen out? I am always a screen in kind of guy. You know, I like to see the optimistic side where you see candidates that might not have made the cut. Right. Yet you take this assessment. If you look at skills. Exactly. Or if you look at something else. Exactly. And maybe you say, this guy is dynamite on our culture, but he doesn't quite hit the skill set we're looking for. What can we do to help them on a skill set? How do you invest in that? Is that something the company can do? If so, this is absolutely a screen-in solution. Where do you, in the workflow, uh, do you um, do you work? Are you, you integrated into folks' ATSs? Like where, uh, what's the workflow? Yeah, we will be. Yeah, we will be. So this is a very new product that right. we're bringing to market right now. Uh, the plan is that we would, A, have our own applicant tracking system available um, probably Q1 of next year. Right. And, B, integrate with 
you know, prominent applicant tracking Everybody. systems that are already out there. Exactly. That's is, the plan. Is there any uh, a vertical or industry focus uh, to begin with? Not yet. Not yet. Um, I really want to put it out there and get feedback. We've had numerous HR executives give us feedback on our advisory panel. Uh, we've got several early adopters lined up. We have not found specific industries that it would target well. I do think by nature there may be some that it's not a great fit. Right. Um, but I'd rather let the market tell me that. I don't want to exclude anybody. Right. Yeah. 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 Let, it, let again the market will sort exactly. That stuff it'll out. it'll it'll figure it out and it'll tell me. <laughs> so when you show people work Zynga for the first time, what do you love showing? Um, personally, I like for people to take the assessment and then see the results, because okay. more often than not, you hear people say, "I had fifty percent of this." And I just learned another, you know, 50% about myself. I, half of this made sense and I got it. The other half, I'm a little surprised. Right. But the more I think about it, the more this makes sense. A lot of assessments that are out there, commonly used, um, rely on anywhere from four to eight different constructs. In other words, things that you're measuring, right. things that you're evaluating. We have 26. So it is by far a far more holistic view than a lot of the products that are out there today. So what people are accustomed to hearing and seeing are these very limited um, reports about themselves. They're locked down to a series of letters or they're given something cute like an animal name or whatever it is. And those are cute. But then again, so, you know, so, so are the BuzzFeed tests telling yeah, yeah. me which Hogwarts, yeah. you know, which Hogwarts <laughs> class I'm in. So, you know, I. I don't want to minimize what people are doing because I think they have an interesting ask, uh, interesting value, but it's limited. Right. This is far broader than that. That's what people see. When you see that results, um, the results page and, you're, and you see all that information about yourself, it's about the type of culture in which you're going to thrive. It's about what motivates you. It's about the type of leadership you respond best to. I love that. Um, so it's, it's just a, a far bigger view into yourself and i think that's what people walk away from i love that part of it so people are gonna when they listen to this they're gonna wonder about the science or the yeah. you know testing and the validity and all of that stuff so tell us a little bit about what the work you've done there i love this story so this is this is one of the best parts of our story um so early last year i recruited an organizational psychologist who is well experienced in employment based assessments this is what she's done. She's done um, research on it. She's got published works on it. And so uh, she and I worked together on, you know, how would this be presented? What is the best way to do this? And then she went to work on the questions. We have two psychometricians that work with us. Those are um, psychology professionals who specialize in statistics. And we have a research analyst who um, is a recent psychology uh, graduate, happens to be my daughter. Um Excellent research analyst, I might say. And uh, so together, they put together this assessment. Um, it's a series of questions based on these constructs. And the questions are engineered in such a way to, A, remove bias as much as possible, right. knowing that you can't remove 100%. Right. And, B, to encourage the most authentic and honest answer you can get. Um, that's a common test-taking challenge is how do you get honest answers. And we don't simply ask you, what kind of environment do you like? We right. ask you a series of questions to draw it out, and then we ask it again, and we ask it again oh, yeah. over and uh, over. This is the old catalog trick. Exactly. Yeah. Um, in order to figure out what is the actual, real, authentic yeah. you. Well, which is great about that because uh, the one question they might say, well, the optimal me, or 
the, the idealized the idealized me would answer this way precisely keep answer asking that question in different ways eventually you're going to get you do get there when you ask it four or five times you you get, get there, there. Um, and then the second phase is a validation phase where they've taken what we've created compared it to industry standards and put it into a survey audience of two to three hundred people every time and we're looking for those correlations um, are the industry accepted standards for testing this construct, um, are we meeting them when we test this construct? And because we have so many and there is no single test out there like ours, we are having to do this multiple times oh, yeah. over and over again. Which isn't a bad but thing. No, it's not. In fact, we've learned from it. Right. And we have found high degrees of correlation in many areas and we found others where we need to go back to the drawing board. And that's fine. There won't be a finished product. No. This is going to continue to evolve over time. I think that's smart. But this product, this first pass product, it's solid. I'm very proud of it. So we will, we I want to talk a little bit about buying questions. In, I know it's a new product, but you're also interacting with prospects. You're interacting with prospects here. Right. So when do you know that they get it? Like they just, you could just, either it's a question or a tell, like you could just go, okay, I don't have to, I don't want to push the boulder uphill with this person. Right. You know, um, I tend to, I tend to get it um, when, when I'm, when I'm talking to people and I, I get that tell, you can almost see their eyes light up when you talk about the connection between what you're really offering in this job and what the person really is bringing to the table. When you talk about the alignment and you talk right. about that algorithmic match and the value that that brings, that's the connection. Um, I think that more than anything is a very, um, and it's a very salient point that we're able to make that you need to know more about your culture. We right. can help you with that. You need to know more about your candidates. We can help you with that. But what's the point? The point is bringing the two together. What's the join? It's, it's interesting because a lot of leaders, because of COVID, are struggling with culture because the culture was positioned as the, the headquarters. Absolutely. The box. It was the keganator. It, it was the keganator in the break room. It's right. And so, okay, we take those things away. Okay, well, what's culture? Exactly. So when, uh, when yeah. you can't see the mission statement on the wall in the lobby anymore, <laughs> and you can't see the core values painted on the wall in the hallway anymore, what do I do? Yeah, I don't know. You know, what do I as a business leader do? Well, first of all, that was never your culture. That's, no. It no. was never your culture, and, you know, okay, you thought it was, but it wasn't. No. Nope. Um, I, I, I like the fact that out of something terrible like mm -hmm. COVID, there are things that we're seeing that can be positives. Right. The whole concept of work from home, and looking at the ways that you're managing people differently rather than time and attendance and punching a clock and watching them work. Yeah. And now it's more about, okay, well, I have to get creative. How do I know you've done a thing today? Maybe focus on the outcome. Right. And so shift and stop looking at time and attendance as a management tool and start looking at managing by objectives. And looking at those you know, expectations, whether it be by day or hour or week, measure to that. So what'd you do before this? <laughs> so I've been in healthcare okay. for, you know, 20 plus years in, in 
various levels of management working my way up. It's always been in the accounting and finance side. Um, bless you. Bless my heart. Um, <laughs> as, as, my, just, as my Southern friends would that's say. Right. That's exactly right. Um, but it's been in the uh, insurance space where I've been interfacing. I, I work for healthcare providers and I work with insurance companies to try to make sure that we're being paid appropriately and, oh and working boy. through problems. Just coding alone is... That's it's, a- it's interesting. But what it's allowed me to do is I've had several opportunities to build out large teams. Because it's such a convoluted process, it right. requires a lot of people. That's right. And it requires different skill sets. That's right. So I've been able to build out call centers and back office teams from 10 people to 150 people, um, all the way up to a 1,000 plus person operation in Costa Rica that I was, that I built out. So it's a privilege to be able to meet that many people and engage with them. Right. But you see this problem day in and day out all the time. And I see it from both sides. I see it as a candidate and I see what they go through oh, yeah. and I see it as the employer and I see what I go through. Um, and over time um, it became pretty clear that what I've gone through is no different than what everybody else goes through. Turns out. And we just need a solution. I love it. And uh, it works Zynga. It's just as, as it's out. Work Zynga. WorkZynga.com, baby. I love it. Dan, yep. thank you so much for carving out time for yep, us. Thank you. Being on the Use Case Podcast. And thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.